Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to languages for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc. that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I am your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to Masks of Neolothotep in the Egypt chapter with a very special spotlight episode on one of our investigators this evening. So I'll let them introduce themselves and we will get directly to it. So who do we have the pleasure of playing with? This is Alex, and I'll be playing Sam Baron, who has much to do and uh, now has the time to do so. Indeed. And so when we last saw Sam, he had, uh, we'll say, acquired a motor vehicle of some sort and had begun making his way through uh, portions of Egypt to track down someone who the doctor had seen, spoken with. Uh, and it relayed some information about someone associated or formerly associated with the Clive expedition. Um, but for whatever reason, Sam, you've decided that there's just something left unsaid here. Oh, certainly. At this point, knowing that anyone that we are in contact with um, could disappear at any moment, it's important to to make sure that we are getting, getting full use out of their faculties for as long as they have them. <laughs> so the uh, late afternoon, I believe it was, into evening where you had uh, finished up at Dr. Gore's house and had uh, taken uh, off towards this this uh, gentleman, this Dutchman, his uh, place in the old city. Yeah, this out- outcast archaeologist, Von Hovellen, Jan, Jan Willem. Jan Willem. Von Hovellen. Von Willem. Von Hovellen. Yes, we are looking for uh, we're looking for him. I'm currently dressed in uh, some of Doctor Kafour's, I guess, uh, outdoor outdoor wear, outerwear. Mm-hmm. Doing my best to you know wear the pants appropriately, adjust the suspenders so I'm not flooding too much, thanks to his slightly shorter stature. Certainly, certainly. Uh, and you've taken the car to a position near the Street of Moths. Um, which is uh, relatively, from what you're looking at it, a fairly poor section of the old city. Might be one of the poorest you've seen. Uh, there's some fairly basic commercial spaces here. So tea houses uh, intermingled with what you believe are some rather seedier clubs and maybe some tailor shops. Uh, very basic, fundamental portions, right? Grocers. And um, not even trade goods stores, but people that fabricate linen, robes, the, the, the most basic services of Cairo are here, um, but have been pressed down and destitute likely for decades. Uh, but taking on Sigmund's instructions, finding this place on the street of Moss isn't hard. Uh, there's a little tailor's shop near the corner where Sigmund said that he'd seen 
this uh, Dutchman uh, nearly hanging out his uh, second or third floor apartment window, just (laughs) drinking and and trying to enjoy the last vestiges of whatever uh, income he had. Uh, So getting up there isn't terribly difficult, at least visually. But what I want to know is what Sam's approach to this. this Evening, a lot of these apartment windows and patio doors, if they have them, are wide open. Uh, There is a varied amount of music that goes through the air, including uh, just a lot of tribal and Egyptian-based flutes and violins. You hear old phonograph records probably scratched thousands of times, but there is that sort of old whine to the reels. I, I take in the crackle. It's always kind of a soothing sound for me. And I'm actually going to be taking a rather direct approach. All right. I'm, I'm looking to engage with Von uh, Willem. So a couple flights of stairs later, flights of stairs which are dotted with a varied amount of um, detrius, just general um, junk, to be honest. Uh, that and what you're seeing are two or three felines that seem to hang out on these staircases. It could be because of some of the garbage that's here. Maybe they're picking through it. Or maybe there's a family who uh, has been keeping cats. But, uh, but after uh, a couple of flights of stairs, you find yourself uh, what? Sigmund described as what his door looks like. I will uh, look up and down the hall, see who I see, straighten the doctor's tie, adjust the hat a bit, wear it a little further back on my head, get my eyes a little wider, look a little brighter in the face, mm-hmm. prep my, uh, oh, my shit-eating grin. <laughs> I'm not charming, but uh, I'll, I'll sell the look for sure. And I will tap, tap, tap on his door. You tap on his door. Your knuckles kind of wrap across this pretty light wood. So you can feel the hollowness through your fingertips. And you hear instantly and immediately a report from inside. And it is a couple of feline responses. (laughs) Inside? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. You hear a bottle tip over inside. And then... uh, a couple of hurried footsteps and eventually you feel the presence of um, a human arrive at the other side of the door. I'm going to, I'm going to side eye the cats in the hallway. What are they doing? They're paying attention to you. At least some of them. Okay. I will, uh, when I know he's there, I will clear my throat. <clears throat> Mr. Von Havelin. Yes, who is it? Uh, if I could, uh, I'm here on business of sorts. Uh, would it be at all uh, too much trouble to get me out of the hallway? There's an awful lot of cats out here. Cats. You hear his um, speech slur as he reproduces something close to English. There's cats all over the place. He opens the door. When he opens the door, you see... Well, a man whose life is already destroyed. This rather pudgy-faced Dutchman is not terribly in good repair. Uh, He has uh, spectacles, which are a little bit fogged up from all of the 
heat in the room as he doesn't lack uh, the best. He has a lack of airflow in his, uh, his apartment here. There is a line of bottles along the interior of the counter. Anything from beer to whiskey to wine. You are accosted immediately by two things. One, the smell of this man. It is clear that he has not had a proper bath in a week. And for a man who is as hairy as this man is, that is unfortunate. And two, there is a rapid egress of cats from his apartment, two or three at a time. I kind of flash back to the train and the train. Is it like a herd? You're not really sure. It doesn't seem that, uh, it doesn't seem as organized. <laughs> If you can call it that. Sure. Is what you saw on the train. The, the, the things on the, the cats on the train had seemed to have a purpose. They moved collectively together. But the cats here, there's probably four or five of them in your sight inside his apartment. They seem to just kind of hang out. And he looks up at you and says, do, do I know you? Uh, no, you don't. Uh, but I'd hope to change that. Uh, my name is Baron. I'll put my hand out. Baron, huh? He reaches a collection of pudgy digits out and connects the handshake. Yes, I, uh, I represent an American estate-sponsored artifact recovery and preservation team. And we're looking for some specific information regarding some of the dig sites near Cairo, where you are uh, rumored to have been working amongst or within... Until uh, some sort of unfortunate allegation. He fired me. You see him get immediately red-faced. I'm not here to talk about that or, or... Well, I mean, unless you really would like to. How about this? Instead of... Uh, why don't we go somewhere where we can talk? Can I... Can I... Do you need some help? He turns around rather sullenly. Just come in. I'm... I'm almost finished. Almost finished. I think I'll, I'll walk in and shut the door behind me. The Dutchman's statement is a little concerning, right? Von, um, Jan Mullen is um, clearly upset about something. But it seems he's taken to the bottle pretty... I mean, he says almost done. Is he talking about, like, a bottle? You're not sure. It could be more of a, um, well, a existential statement he's making. Like he's almost done. Right. It's very difficult to to take a bead on him. Okay. He gets to uh, a center of his, or he walks towards the center of his living room. And as he does so, he pulls a curtain over the bedroom and he plops down on the couch. And you can see arrayed on the um, coffee table and the end tables around him. There are a collection, small collection of uh, whiskey bottles. I'll take my head off and um, just kind of hold on to it and, you know, thumb thumb the brim. They blamed everything on me. Really is unfortunate. It's a lie. It's one of the reasons I've come to talk to you. My benefactor is, you could say, a, a professional competitor of sorts of your former employer. Oh? Yes. Their their interests overlap pretty 
well, precisely. Uh, I will I will kind of glide through the apartment a bit, taking the place in, and I'm going to try to get a... I don't know how sturdy or, or you know, whether there's any gaps in vision in the, the bedroom that he closed off, but I will see if I can get a peek. Yeah, go ahead without, and make me, uh, make me a hard spot it. hidden roll. Yeah. In an attempt to be surreptitious about it. Say success 58 over 75. What's a hard success? Is that 50%? It is 50%, yeah. Oh, it's fine. I'll get in there eventually. <laughs> so with, with with the regular spot hidden success, there are a couple things you get to draw from. Okay. There are a lot of rather closely packed buildings near this. So his apartment does not look out on the street. It looks out across the way, which is maybe 15 or so feet in the alley towards the next apartment building, which is probably four or five floors. Um, there's no real fire escapes to speak of. There are more just open windows and, and very slight balconies, which are pretty common in Cairo. Uh, but you also notice that uh, the cats that are here pay real close attention to Huvelin. Seems you're quite popular with the local uh, wildlife. Yes. Unfortunately. Oh, it's not a knack you've always had? <laughs> no. No, it is not a knack that I have ever had. He uh, seems to look around for something and then just like absentmindedly waves his hand at one of the cats and then gives up. So you're a uh, your benefactor, you're uh, uh, what, what? They can remain anonymous for the time being. Who, who they are is a little irrelevant right now. Um, we were hoping to again ask about well not only some of the dig sites but your employer specifically uh what was their name clive dear clive yes thank you clive and his uh expedition the incident uh again it's not for me to to judge what occurred one way or the other my question would be more about, um, or my questions, what do you know about them before it happened? I, uh, well supported financially by uh, the Penhue Foundation that uh, Dr. Clive uh, is an ass, but he's good at what he does. He's a liar, but he... He knows how to, um, how'd you, how'd you say? He seems to grip his hand. He, um, he seems to grip like his fist in and out, almost like he's doing, he's exercising his, his, the strength in his hand. Yeah. He, uh, he knows how to uh, hold the whip. Yes. That's what. Ah, uh, yes. I see. He's a director. Uh, he, uh, yeah. he, he knows how to direct, um, there were members of the expedition that I had got along fine with. Like who? Uh, well, to be honest, uh, uh, Agatha Broadmoor, a very uh, a, a wonderful uh, lady with a real keen uh, understanding of uh, of the the history of things. Although she has some some skeptical uh, abilities when it comes to. Uh, uh, 
She's a bit of a mystic, they say. Oh. Oh, that's intriguing. And and Gardner, uh, James uh, Gardner, one of uh, the expedition, he has these fascinating theories about uh, tunnels. Uh, he tried to show me two or three times. He's a, he's a good uh, uh, archaeologist. Uh, he's fair. Uh, his heads are in the clouds. It'll take him time to, uh, to uh, come to see the, the ruin this profession will bring him to. But uh, other than that... So it was just you, Clive, Agatha, and James? No. No, 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 no. The expedition is to, what, 20, 30 large? But the, the staff is rather small. Um, uh, so these would be the only three that remain? I would imagine Donna is still there. Sprecht, she's a, a curious woman. A, a keen archaeologist as well. Uh, she's in from Germany. I was always quite fond of her. And when you say, you, you say she's, what was so intriguing about her? Well, he seemed to get even more red-faced. I'll, I'll smile. She's very easy to, uh, what you say, uh, to look at. Mm-hmm. She's pretty. She's fetching. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, but uh, her, her wit uh, was sharp as a sword. I don't know that her and Clive ever saw eye to eye on anything. Really? What was her uh, field of study? Uh, hers? Uh, uh, Egyptology, uh, archaeology in general, but uh, the workings of Egypt and then Mesopotamia. And so of these other, uh, of the expedition, Clive is, you believe, the only one who might have had it out for you? Well, I think so. His, his understudy directly, Martin Winfield, young man, uh, very intelligent, was an understudy for Clive. Protégé, if you will. Mm, something like that, yes. Uh, you've been very forthcoming with me, so uh, I would like to make sure that you understand that my gestures in good faith. Why don't we help you get a little more comfortable and then we can talk further about perhaps what opportunities we can create for you here. I would, but I am uh, thick in study. Oh, something already captured your attention? Mm. After Dr. Clive released me, I I returned to the expedition and um, I spoke with Martin in hopes that he could as Clive's understudy, perhaps um, speak with him, bridge that gap, overcome whatever silliness that Clive believed I had done. And Martin said that he would speak with me uh, at another time, perhaps in the future, and I I confessed to him, of course, that um, without the expedition's weekly stipends, I was in trouble. And so he put me on to a a rather interesting uh, find. Did he know? Mm, yes. Uh, he had said that there was a, a, a temple underneath uh, a portion of the old city here in Egypt. One that was dedicated to uh, Bast. Mm-hmm. And I had the opportunity to wind my way there myself and 
there, he stops mid-sentence, and you see him like look out the window. I probably shouldn't say. I need to. I, I, need, I do need to get back to my studies. It's. I'm hoping that it will make. It will fetch something for me when I finish. I see. Well, I'm guessing you would like me to let you get back to this labor, whatever it is. So you'll be declining our offer as you're going to be occupied doing whatever it is you're doing, right? Well, I, I haven't even heard what the offer is, but... Well, I was going to offer you a chance to hear it over a conversation after you've been, I don't know, washed. <laughs> but, um, you know. But do, do, do not think me ungrateful. Do not be ungrateful. I, uh, I'm more than happy to have this conversation, but um, I've grown quite concerned. Oh, about Clive or this new project? No, 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 this, this thing that Martin put me onto. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, I put my hat next to one of, like, on something, probably next to one of the kids. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to unbutton my the, the doctor's jacket and I'll look around this look around this hole that this guy is in with these cats would it be would it just so that I understand Martin Clive's number two Mm -hmm. offered to do you a favor after you went back after your firing I do not like to admit that I was begging but I had no other choice so you begged him and this is information that he gave you he said that he could not afford to uh, pay me directly but he gave me the opportunity that to investigate something that he would not have time for and so I um, I made a foray in my own and you're of the opinion that this whatever it is will get you out of the hole that you've managed to land in that they put you in I think it is a spectacular find oh there's no doubt of that in my mind I think that whatever it was that you found has come with some baggage he looks around they showed up the same night I returned and it never occurred to you that maybe there was something to it? Do you expect me to believe in magic and witchcraft and and um, the, the black arts? <laughs> I'm a man of, of science, he slurs out. <laughs> I will uh, take out my handkerchief, little doctor's handkerchief, and like kind of dab my face a bit. You know, I think... I think I may just leave you to it because it sounds like either either you're just horribly unlucky (laughs) or they're done with you. Done with me? Yeah. Put you out to pasture. Put you out of your misery. Oh. If it were me and I wanted to get a particularly, well, you out of my ledger. If you're desperate enough, you'll make all sorts of horrible decisions. <laughs> it's remarkable, really, 
I thought you were just set up, but no, this is. <laughs> I'm going to sit down. You know, normally, maybe they don't try to kill people until after we've talked to them. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. Well, I really hope that whatever it is brings you riches beyond your wildest dreams. You know, here's the thing. Uh, Jan Willem, can I call you Jan Willem? Yes. I still need you because my people are already at those dig sites and I need to know what they're walking into. Make me listen, Will. That is a hard success, 20 over 63. Just on the edges of your auditory perceptions, you hear what sounds like something grinding on stone. It's soft at first, but you can feel just on the on the edges there of your earlobes, you can feel them pick up on just the faintest grinding. And there's a pace to it. It's coming from outside. Outside the window? Mm-hmm. I will make a uh, a hushing motion at uh, Von Willem. Mm-hmm. I will make I make sure my face is very very stern when I do it. As I start taking very slow, quiet steps toward the window, so you kind of ease up from your position on the couch. Mm-hmm. You can slowly like adjust your body weight to the right. You're definitely trying to walk with or even just move not so much walk but approach the idea of getting around the coffee table with an exacting amount of movement yeah i I try to lead with my shoulder to you know hit the side of the window so i'm not walking toward the open window with my face there no of course not you you get to the side of the living room which gives you an excellent vantage point of this open balcony area but isn't directly in line with Mm -hmm. it per se right and light as a feather a shadowy form drops onto the balcony it makes no noise no it's humanoid Uh, my hand immediately goes to my jacket like underneath right the back Mm -hmm. and I grip the handle of that machete for dear life and I put my hand out like palm out no the limited light which is inside the Dutchman's apartment gives the faintest glow of um, it casts this glow onto the patio area and this shadow takes the briefest of steps forward no more than six to eight inches and you see beautiful melanin tones and an exotic female form um, i will i'm gonna thumb the uh the clasp at the the hilt mm-hmm. and i will straighten my arm halfway there is there is definitely if if someone were listening they would hear it Sure. start to slide 
um, and I will I will stop it about a third of the way up. Okay. I, I said no. You hear a, a voice as rich as chocolate from your home world. But what do I get to say? If you're willing to talk as much as you want. I'm here to collect. I don't move my head. <laughs> okay, you're like a muscle. I will just look at the other person in this room. Yes. Van Huelen looks terrified. He hasn't moved so much from his position as he is looking down at the coffee table. And it seems like he's trying to sort out which of the three bottles might have anything left in it. Uh, He does not want to meet her gaze. So the form is about five, five and a half feet tall, give or take. She has bobbed hair, jet black, over her exceedingly dark skin. She is a, I think captivating is probably the best word. Uh, Her eyes are a little oversized for her face, but they have this draw to them that's it would be a rare find amongst any of the houses inside Cairo. Her form, as she stands there, is one that is not aggressive, but prepared. Uh, she wears a fairly simple robe that is adjusted in certain areas that allows her to move. And she has a kind of a wide band necklace on that stops in the center and there's a small feline pendant on it. Shit. Through my teeth and like kind of at Van Willem. What did you do? She uh, stands up a little straighter. She drops a bit of the aggressiveness in her posture. He is a thief. He stole from our holy temple. And you're here to recover whatever it was. Yes. For the third time, I will not ask again. What did did he take? You see the Dutchman shake and kind of move further down the couch, like as if he's trying to put distance between himself and, and the newcomer. It was... It was the find of a century, he seems to exclaim. I didn't ask you. The precious scrolls from the uh, 13th dynasty. Ones which uh, detail uh, many things. Many things about uh, the history. And uh, they were just there. They were just laying there. He seems to almost seem... You see that there's a, a lust in his voice. You pick up on that. And it's not lost on the woman. This is a man who has never had a win. That's what I'm hearing. That's probably true. Look. Uh, I look at the, the, the woman. Mm-hmm. I, I am sure that there is a way to handle this that doesn't require any aggressive posturing on anyone's behalf um, I will re-slot the machete lock it in place and kind of bring both of my hands out she does seem to bodily adjust to your actions now sounds like he didn't 
understand that there are real consequences for this type of piracy. Hmm. However, we can't undo necessarily what's been done. And it sounds like he is engaged in some type of research surrounding these. Now, I'm not going to say that he deserves to reap the rewards of exploiting whatever is on those documents. But there are there are powers at play in Cairo, in Egypt, that I think tools such as those could be useful in combating. And I'll, I'll look at her with like kind of a almost... I don't really understand what... Like I understand what I'm saying, but it still feels and sounds very... Well, it's hard to put into words, right? What I feel like I, I'm beginning to understand. Let me say this very clearly. The goddess I follow does not look well on thieves. She has blessed us, her followers, her few and far between followers, with the opportunity to serve her and protect her wisdom. And this space, our sacred space, which he violated, it may hold secrets, but they are ours to hold. I can't necessarily disagree with you. It wouldn't matter to me if you did. Well, Bonavellen, what were you doing with these documents? Translating them. Translating them to what? Well, Dutch, he smiles. Uh, the, the scrolls, uh, they speak of amazing things, events, wondrous uh, rituals. You said you were almost done. Hmm. Yes. I have about half of it finished. It would take another week or so, perhaps, to, to translate the rest. You feel this woman, you feel her agitation. She doesn't even move. Look, you're not going to be able to finish that work. But you said that there were secrets. Listen to me. You're not going to be able to finish that work. It's not your labor to benefit from. You have uh, pissed off some pretty powerful people. And you're going to have to make up for it. Otherwise, it seems that things have only just begun for you to get bad. Now, as far as we are concerned, um, and I... You may not care. My name is Baron. And I think... I think I can... I think I can help make this right. The woman shifts on her footing a little. How's that? So I'm going to tell you what I want first, because that's only fair. It's pretty clear he speaks English. I want him to finish his work, but I want him to complete a translation for me. In return, the Dutch translations will be destroyed. I look at him, and your information will be returned to you in one piece and whole. She crosses her arms. No. Let me tell you what I want. I want the scrolls returned to me. And I am willing to perhaps impart some of the knowledge to you. 
as I feel my goddess favors you. Eyes narrow. But nothing will be translated. You will be taught directly. But no copies will be made. This information is sacred. It should not be copied. Can I know your name? Nerese. Nerese. It's lovely. Look, if we both understand then that I'm never going to be anyone's servant. You are who you are. You do what you do. You've chosen your devotion. You have my respect. And I... Trust me, there are so many worse fates than being favored by a, a, a cat goddess. So I will accept your terms and I'll make sure that he returns these things to you. Actually, I think it would be best if I did it. Manuel stands up. They're here. They're not far. This temple... You'll tell me where it is. Indeed. I still have some things to deal with, but I will bring them to you. She sets her jaw and you hear what can really only be described in your your own perceptions as a growl, like a low toned growl. And she says, I have given this Dutchman three opportunities now to hand them over willingly. I am not leaving this apartment without them. Yes, but... We've come... I wasn't here before. You're right. This is not an offer you get to barter for. Either he gives them over now, or his chances are over. You see her make a like a, a motion with her hand. And he'll be left alone after this. Well, by me, of course. I have no quarrel with the Dutchman should he give up the scrolls tonight. His life, she looks around, will always be accented by Ast's children. Oh, he's been sprayed. (laughs) That's what I think, anyway. It actually does come into your like senses just for a moment like uh-oh uh, I will I hate to do this to this poor man uh, I'm going to op- open up on my heel basically and turn my side to both of them mm-hmm. so that I'm not like imposing myself between them anymore okay and I will say I suggest you bring them and you don't run. He gets up really unsteady. And you see him like a like a piece, like a prey animal, like move very carefully towards his bedroom. Uh, and he kind of pushes the curtain aside momentarily, keeping his eyes directly on Norris. And you see him reach in and and after a moment or two. He collects something. You can tell you can hear parchment being collected. And you see a a big old ass scroll case come out. Oh no. Uh I I look at the cats again. Mm-hmm. Who are they watching? It actually 
depends. So it almost goes out in a concentric ring. Like the cats that are closest to you seem to be paying most of their attention to you. The rest of the cats in the room are really, really paying attention to him. Including her. Oh, yeah. And as he kind of clutches the, the case close to himself just for a moment, you start hearing the cats in the room start hissing. They get angry. And he kind of inches towards the coffee table to, to set the scroll case on it. He's shaking. I will take it before it touches the table. I will just, I will just put my, I'll put my hand under it mm -hmm. and just wait for him to let go. He does. Stand up. All right. You should probably have a seat. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> Turn around. Um, and I take as many steps as is necessary to get within, not like arms reach, reaching range, but, you know, handoff range. Yeah, you turn around and take a step and she's within hand reaching range. She closed the distance in the blink of an eye. You are remarkable. As are all cats. She takes hold of the scroll case. Now, there is a well in the old town here. Six blocks north, two blocks east. You can access this old well through a nearby house. There's a simple blue door. Go down. As far as you can go, I'll find you at the bottom of the well. I nodded. I let the... I don't, like, let the scroll case go. Like, I just can't keep my fingers on it the whole mm. Like, she has to pull it away from me. She does. Delicate. Like, I'm going to keep a delicate hold on it, but... And I'll kind of dig my nails in at the end and give her, like, a real... I'm watching you look. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> I will wait there. She takes the scrolls, uh, and she, from the innards of her robes, pulls... And you can see when she, she pulls her hand in towards her robes to grab at the inner pocket to pull out this, what looks like a length of leather. Uh, she's not clothed underneath the robe. There's nothing. She ties the scroll case off in a quick loop and then places it around her shoulders. And then as she prepares, she seems to step just a few steps directly backwards towards the patio. Uh, she doesn't seem to look in Bonavellan's direction. Uh, she looks around to the room and you see her seem to gather up the eyes of and the attention of the cats in the area. And she just holds their gaze for a moment. And she gives you a, a very brief acknowledgement, takes a step backward onto the balcony and you see her leap up directly straight up into the air. And she breaks the line of vision that you have. Like she bounds? Mm-hmm. I will look over at uh, Van Havel with kind of like a, like, a, like a raised eyebrow, open mouth. Like, did you see what just happened? You smell something. It's not pleasant. Guess you did. 
the cat that the cat the cat by my hat. I'm going to uh, I'll go approach my hat and that cat. What do you make of all this? I put my hat on. It bounds like down towards the ground, and uh, it loops its way between your feet for a second before jumping onto the same portion of this couch that the Dutchman is is trying to recover on. And you move before it happens because you know what's coming. Oh, no. Uh, This cat sprays him directly. It's really gross. (sighs) That's, uh, you idiot. He starts crying. (sighs) Well, good news is it seems that, uh, you have a whole lot more free time now. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Look, the job offer still stands. Assuming you can clean up your act a bit, you're uh, you're still a, a skilled archaeologist and you have a lot to offer the world. It's just not going to be those scrolls. <laughs> no, they really weren't. They really weren't. Did you? Hey, wait a minute. Were the translations in that case? Everything was in the case. Okay. Good, because you trust me, you don't want any part of that. Any part of it. You made a mistake, or Martin made a mistake, or Martin. Well, there's no way this is good for you, no matter how you slice it. So you can either wallow in it. Or you can pick up yourself and what remains of your dignity and education and get back to work. All right. I do want to work to do some, mean some. Well, you're in luck. Because even though my team is currently working, there's a place nearby that... I don't understand how you can stay here. There's a place nearby where we can get you cleaned up and changed and uh, get you some quiet. If, if the cats find you, they find you. I just hope they don't destroy them. <laughs> but you should come with me. Could we get a drink on the way? We will get as many drinks as you need to work. I kind of make a shoe motion with my hand. He stands up. I don't have much here, but I'll collect it. I straighten my jacket, wink at the cat. So he collects his things, and it's a basically a fairly small suitcase full of items and uh, a uh, what looked like a some sort of satchel with books in it. So you said you got through about half of those uh, those scrolls, right? Yes. How long were you working? I'm walking him. I'm walking down the street at this point. Mm. A week or so. What do you remember about them? Well, I remember they were they were covered in very small Egyptian hieroglyphics. the The first few scrolls discussed the the worship of Bast in a fairly great detail including the means for summoning a feline 
and her companions, which clearly I don't need. Not even five showers from now, buddy. Uh, the later portions of them were different. There were some uh, other Egyptian deities they spoke of. Um, okay. A terrible lord of the riverbanks, which we believe, at least uh, the books, could be Sebek, the, the crocodile lord. There's a crocodile lord. Oh. Are you not familiar with Egyptology or Egyptian gods? It's not really my specialty. There are a couple I know by name, you know, the, uh, the more the more commonly referenced. Uh, I take him to the car. Oh, you have an automobile. Sure, climb in. He climbs in, and uh, it doesn't take terribly long before you see that there are cats on the street. <laughs> oh, you're so screwed. I start the car. <laughs> And I drive to uh, I drive to Doctor Gafour's house. Okay. So is the plan to drop him at Doctor Gafour's temporarily? So I'm going to drop him at Gafour's, and I need to. So I need to get his head screwed on straight. So I'm going to get him there, get him cleaned up, and then I am going to put him to work on something that I haven't been able to really work on yet. So I'm going to while he's getting uh, cleaned up, I'm going to go through the scrolls that Doctor Gafour gave me. Mm-hmm. What are these written in? Uh, most of it is written in Arabic. Okay. There's a bit of it that's written in English, but most of it is, is written in traditional Arabic. Okay. I'm assuming if this fellow is was able to, was translating hieroglyphics and such, that he probably either knows the local language or knows how to decipher it. So... Um, I will wait until he's done and I will pour him a drink from the doctor's stash and show him to the office. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will kind of put him in the spot that I prepared for study. Okay. And then I will drop the scrolls in front of him. And say, what do you make of these? The scrolls from Dr. Four. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He starts looking them over. Let me see. Interesting. There's a bit here, it seems, on some of the older Egyptian dynasties. Mm -hmm. Where did you come across these? That's none of your concern. Keep talking. Uh, I'm going to check the doctor's uh, larder or if he has a refrigerator or what have you for perhaps a, a milk pail. Uh, no, no milk pail. Okay, what does he have for, um, I'll, yeah, I'll check, like, his store, storage then, see what he has for food. Luckily, the doctor's house has a fair amount of food uh, in it, so that is super helpful. I mean, you probably have, I don't know, a couple weeks if you absolutely had to. Okay. I will throw, I will put some stuff out on, you know, out in the kitchen and, uh probably throw coffee on. I guess the doctor probably has a coffee pot of some kind. Mm-hmm. Certainly. So I will throw some, throw some of that Egyptian blend on, baby. Von Hoovelin says that he's a, a fairly quick study, um, but his Arabic is what he would say is passing. So let me tell you something about what I do and why you're still alive. 
I wasn't kidding when I said that we're in the middle of a struggle. And it's my belief that the expedition that you used to work with has a part to play. I'm of the opinion that they're on the opposition side. Because of that, they and their associates and their sponsors, their benefactors and their beneficiaries are all suspect. Unfortunate for us, they're all also resourceful and powerful with long reach and the support of other powers that are not vast. So you mentioned you mentioned that there was talk about some of these other pantheons or gods in the, the document. You said this crocodile lord. If there were any others, maybe maybe you've read about some that aren't quite so romantic in their ways. I mean, I'm a fair study of um, Egypt's history, and there are many, <laughs> the many gods that the Egyptians would pray to that would be uh, less than fortunate. Well, history has a tendency to repeat itself. So I was given these scrolls by a man whom I trust to not leave me out unprepared. However, learning Arabic is not something I have the time to do right this second. It's my belief that these documents contain, we'll say, tools, rituals, things that may sound like magical spells even. I want you to find them. I point at the documents and tap the table. Mm. All right. Do that for me. Our slate's clean. Well, uh, I will start right away. As far as my recovery team is concerned, I will be back to talk to you further about the pyramids and the expedition and the mummy and why what you might know about Clive's interest in it or any other artifacts having to do with that mummy. Okay? You don't leave this house. Leave a couple windows open. Might have some cats through here. Leave them alone. Hmm. Of course. Uh, I will... um, I will... I'm going to try to find some... I'm just really hoping they should... I'm going to try to give the cats a a means to to respect Dr. Gafour's house. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I will try to create some measure of uh, poop pans for them using whatever I can find here, whether he has like some light gravel in a garden or I could use some sand or something to make some some places for them to to do their business that aren't the living room. You begin to prepare for the invasion of cats, which is likely coming. Yeah. But the food I put out wasn't (laughs) for him. (laughs) I'm sure he'll eat it, but yeah, I, I kind of just leave some food out on the counters. Okay. So what's the next move then after that? I think you have a job to do. I do. There's a price to be paid, and I've already got too many, uh, too much red in my ledger. <laughs> well, let's go wash it out then. So, I think then that's a good opportunity for us to end. 
And so thank you so much for joining us on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast as we uh, had our spotlight here on Sam and his uh, his own road to walk, as it were. Uh, look for us next week as we'll uh, continue our investigation. Thank you and good night.